Informing America's farmers and ranchers. It's Adams on Agriculture. Produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Here's your host, Mike Adams. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Adams on Agriculture. Thank you for joining us here at Midweek. Hope you're having a good day. I'm still trying to get uh, used to this early start to winter. And I keep thinking about what DTM meteorologist Bryce Anderson told us a few days ago that uh, he thinks a winter could hang on again, uh, could, you know, well into the spring. Boy, it's sounding like a long winter at this point, the way it's starting right now. Well, for some, it's been going on for some time because uh, harvest is still trying to get uh, wrapped up in some places and farmers are struggling with uh, wet weather, snowy weather, cold weather, a little bit of everything. We'll get a harvest update from the state of North Dakota today. They've been having their struggles. Doug Goring, the North Dakota Ag Commissioner, will join us a little bit later on. Continuing to look at this farm bill and can they get it done in this lame duck session? Obviously they can, but they've got the their work cut out for them. We'll talk with Paul Schlegel with the American Farm Bureau Federation about that. All eyes on trade, and um, there's talk of, uh, you know, maybe something getting done with the EU, but, you know, the president uh, and France uh, are having uh, their back and forth right now, so that makes that even tougher. Uh, what may happen with China, still unknown. So many things out there. We'll talk with Tom Slate, president and CEO of the U.S. Grains Council, what is he hearing from our customers around the world and what's being done to develop new markets? We'll get an update on that. But let's start with the farm bill and trying to get this done before the end of the year. Phil Brasher is with us from AgriPulse. Phil, how are you? Yeah, great to be here. I know you're on the road today. Thanks for uh, taking time to check in with us. Boy, it it doesn't sound like they're off to a good start in this lame duck session uh, on the farm bill. What are you hearing? Well, uh there's still this jockeying going back and forth. You know, Congress is, uh, this lame duck session has started this week, then they break next week. The crunch really comes after Thanksgiving. They have two to three, three weeks, really, uh, really to the end of the year, technically, uh, to get this done. Uh, there is some progress being made, however, behind the scenes, even if uh, you're not seeing it in public. Well, One that's good to know. Yeah. Really yeah, one of the things that really caught my ear is uh, uh, Senator uh, uh, Pat Roberts, uh, chairman of the Senate Agriculture Committee, told us last night that uh, he's okay with how the compromise is working out on uh, treatment of unplanted base acres. We've talked about that before. Uh, the House uh, passed bill would uh, end payment program payments to uh, to uh, producers uh, who have been uh, planting land and grass for the last 10 years. That would raise money that he needs for, uh, for some drought uh, provisions. Uh, Roberts uh, has been uh, resistant to that. He says he's okay with how that's coming out. Uh, apparently they worked out some incentives for those uh, producers. So that's some progress there, and we know the staffs are working behind the scenes, and that's where a lot can really get done. Now, uh, you've also reported that uh, there may be a, a snag when it comes to crop insurance. What's going on there? Yeah, there's this issue that's cropped up in the last few weeks. Uh, I wondered why the crop insurance title hadn't been closed out, because there weren't that big of differences in it. But there was a court ruling back in June that involved a farmer cooperative based in uh, uh, Ohio, which has been uh, making uh, a patronage payments uh, to uh, farmers who buy crop insurance through the co-op. And uh, uh, USDA tried to stop them from this after they merged with another co-op um, and uh, off the grandfather clause. Uh, the Sixth Circuit uh, uh, overruled the USDA. And uh, now uh, the chairman of uh, House Agriculture Committee, Mike Conaway, is trying to get a provision in the farm bill that would negate that appeals court ruling and uh, reinstate the USDA decision. So that's, uh, that's going to have to be uh, settled by the big four negotiators. We're talking with Phil Brasher with AgriPulse Communications, talking about the, the farm bill and trying to get it done here in this lame duck session. Uh, Phil, you mentioned the time schedule. I mean, it really the crunch comes after Thanksgiving, but 
that's really – they've got a condensed calendar here to try to get this done by the end of the year, and a lot of other issues Congress will have to take up. History says uh, lame duck sessions, they don't always get a, a lot of big things done. So how are you feeling about getting it done, or are we looking at that one-year extension? They usually don't. However, I will uh, point you back to uh, after the 2010 election and Democrats lost control of the House, there was a sudden flurry of action to get a couple of uh, bills done, uh, both of them important to the Food and Agriculture Secretary. One of them was the uh, uh, Hunger-Free Healthy Kids Act, which uh, increased meals, uh, school meal standards. The other one that uh, a lot of our listeners are familiar with is the Food Safety Modernization Act. Those both uh, passed uh, late in the year. So especially when you've got a... Uh, a uh, chamber that's switching control here, in this case, the House. The Republicans have lost control of the House. Republicans will have incentive to get as much done as they possibly can. And um, you know, Chairman Conaway told us last night that he really wants to get this farm bill done, and he's, he's the key because he has to, uh, he has to compromise on uh, food stamps and the work requirements. I think that's the big unknown here because... He wants to get it done, but what about those in his party he has to answer to and keep happy? Is there more pressure to get it done or more pressure by his party not to give in on some of those issues? Well, his party doesn't have a lot of leverage anymore, uh, and, and uh, therefore neither does he. They're not going to be a control in January. Uh, so the Democrats... Uh, you know, have the have have all the leverage. They're they're holding up pretty much all the cards, not all of them, but pretty much. And uh, they can uh, sit back and wait and say, "Hey, you don't want a farm bill? Um, we'll just wait until January. We'll start over." And that Democratic House uh, may have some different ideas. Yeah, I think it's interesting how this may play out here. Uh, and, and as I mentioned, it's a crowded agenda. There's some other big issues. They've got. Funding issues, tax issues, a lot of other big-ticket items. Yes, they have to fund the government. Uh, there are a number of tax incentives that are expired, uh, particularly for, for biodiesel. Uh, that's expired. They, uh, hope to, the industry obviously hopes to get that renewed in the, uh, in the lame duck session. So, yeah, there's a, there's a lot on the plate left until the end of the year. The uh, uh, funding for a number of government agencies and departments including uh, USDA, uh, runs out on December 7th. Well, I guess it depends on how you look at it. What we've seen in the past, uh, you know, you look at it and say, wow, they can't get all this done in such a short period of time. But uh, as we all know, Congress, sometimes that's the only way they get things done is when they, when they have their backs up against the wall. So we'll see uh, what happens here these next few weeks. It'll be interesting. Phil, thanks a lot. We'll stay in touch with you. Appreciate it. Yep. Great to be here. Thanks. Phil Brasher with AgriPulse Communications, the latest on the farm bills. He said there's been some progress made on some issues, but they've still got a ways to go, and things will really get to crunch time after Thanksgiving. Well, coming up next, we'll talk trade with the president and CEO of the U.S. Grains Council, Tom Slate. What are our customers around the world saying about the the trade issues, and are we uh, developing any new markets that could help take the place, uh, pick up some of the slack for those we're losing, like in China? We'll talk with Tom Slate about that next on AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network. We're excited to explore the topics that make a difference to agriculture. The Farm Bill, immigration reform, reducing regulations, trade, new technology, as well as infrastructure and health care. Through the year, Adams on Agriculture will originate on location from several major national meetings and events. Subscribe to the show's podcast at AmericanAgNetwork.com. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network. It's a bully, but we aren't afraid of a fight. It's elusive, but our focus never fades. It's deadly, but we were born to defeat cancer. You may not have heard of us, but our work has helped millions impacted by cancer. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. 
We are leaders in advancing breakthroughs in immunotherapy, genomics, and personalized medicine. This research saves lives. After 65 years of fighting blood cancers, we've arrived at a game-changing belief. The cures for cancer are in our blood. The drugs and treatments we've developed for blood cancers have helped people affected by many different types of cancers. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Beating cancer is in our blood. Learn more at LLS.org. Some of the best sounds you'll ever hear are generic, safe, effective, even money-saving, just like FDA-approved generic drugs. Even if they don't come in the exact same color or shape as their brand name equivalents, they have the same key ingredients and go through a rigorous review process. Talk to your doctor or pharmacist today and visit fda.gov slash generic drugs. Generics are safe, effective, and can save you money. You'll like the sound of that. What if you had a medical emergency away from home? What you need is Mobile Help, America's premier mobile medical alert system. Most systems only work at home, but with Mobile Help, you get help outside the home with coverage nationwide on one of the largest cellular networks at the press of a button. I press the button and lo and behold, the emergency came within minutes. Mobile Help did save my life. No question about that. Call Mobile Help now for a free color brochure. We'll send you everything you need, including the base station, the patented mobile device, the waterproof pendant and wrist button. You can also add the fall button that automatically detects falls and signals help. Call today and receive a risk-free 30-day trial. There's no equipment to buy and no long-term contract. For a limited time, you'll also receive a free emergency key box with your plan purchase. Remember, mobile help keeps you safe coast to coast. Call 800-930-6137 now for your free mobile help brochure. That's 800-930-6137. Again, 800-930-6137. Information farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. And welcome back. Uh, we're going to talk trade uh, in this segment. And then coming up in the next segment, talk more about the Farm Bill and this lame duck session. We'll be talking uh, with Paul Schlegel with the American Farm Bureau Federation. Then wrap up the show today with, a, with an update on uh, harvest uh, challenges in the state of North Dakota. We'll talk with uh, the North Dakota Ag Commissioner, a little bit later in the program, one of those areas uh, that's uh, really having a hard time getting Harvest 2018 wrapped up. Uh, on the trade front, U.S. Trade Representative Robert Lighthizer and EU's Trade Commissioner will be meeting today in Washington, D.C., and they're trying to lay what hopefully will be the basis for formal bilateral negotiations uh, with, uh, you know, to get something started between the EU and the U.S. may be as soon as mid-January. But to kind of complicate what's already a difficult uh, situation, a complicated situation between the U.S. and the EU, of course, President Trump uh, has been uh, tweeting uh, some things about France that he's not happy about, including French wine tariffs. And he's set to meet with the European Commission uh, president at the G20 meeting later this month. So uh, we'll see how that goes. It's it's a heavy lift to try to get something worked out between the U.S. and the EU anyway, especially on agriculture. We have a lot of baggage, a lot of long-standing disputes and issues, and um, remains to be seen how much the EU wants to budge on some of these. But uh, we will see. But uh, at least they are. There are some meetings going on today in Washington, D.C. that hopefully can uh, lay the groundwork for negotiations later on, perhaps early next year. European countries are considering considering upping their purchases of U.S. biofuel ingredients like rapeseed. That's according to a report from uh, Politico. Um, and that could be somewhat of a peace gesture, if you will, for American uh, agriculture that could help uh, the uh, EU keep their broader ag issues out of those uh, trade talks. But, uh, well, when you get in, when you're talking with the differences between the U.S. and the EU, you've got a lot there, you know, longstanding issues over beef hormones and, uh, of course, the biotech issue. Those are some real challenges. So we'll see if what they can come up with. But um, we'll keep a close watch on the trade front, as does our next guest, Tom Slate, president and CEO of 
of the U.S. Grains Council. Tom, thanks for joining us. Yeah, hi, Mike. Thanks for having me on. I know you're busy. You're always on the go. Lots happening. Always like to check in with you to find out what are you hearing from our customers around the world. Uh, well, what are they saying to you? Well, I think they're continuing to be really interested uh, in U.S. products. Uh, you know, we talked about this uh, before, Mike. We're in pretty strong competitive position. Uh, a week ago, I was down in Mexico, and, uh, you know, it was it was uh, kind of a relief. We were talking about things like, uh, you know, uh, mycotoxin levels, uh, what's going on with the railroads. And we weren't talking about access problems or tariffs. We were talking about business. So I think that's a pretty common theme that we're hearing around the world now is uh, – is, yeah, let, let's get back to real business, back to business as usual. Uh, and we're hearing that uh, in a lot of different places uh, with the, the strong position we're in competitively. The tariffs that are still in place, uh, how are they impacting our trade? Well, kind of a weird one. And, you know, uh, the biggest ones obviously are China, uh, where we're shut out of the ethanol market there, at least, uh, you know, directly from the U.S. Uh, that's a different story. But, uh, you know, I think the thing that we're really looking at uh, when I was in Mexico are these steel and aluminum tariffs were still mm-hmm. hanging over every single discussion that we had. It doesn't affect corn because they haven't put any tariffs on corn, but uh, obviously, um, you know, uh, pork and, and beef and dairy, things like that, it's still a very, very real problem uh, out there causing us a lot of angst, causing our buyers some angst in some key markets. Again, in China, we're shut out, and uh, we're hoping for some action there maybe in a couple weeks. Yeah, I keep bringing this up about the tariffs, especially with Mexico, because I think there's some feeling that, hey, we we got a deal worked out, not voted on yet, but worked out with the U.S., Mexico, and Canada, so that's all behind us. It's not all behind us. Not only do we have the vote ahead of us, but we have the, the tariffs on top right now. Exactly, Mike. I mean, I think, you know, again, like I said, every single conversation that was hanging over, what's the question was, what's happening with the steel and aluminum tariffs? And the answer is, well, you know, they're talking, uh, but there doesn't seem to be any resolution with that. And of course, you know, the Mexicans are going to, you know, what they told us, they're going to watch really closely on ratification of uh, USMCA or, or the new NAFTA. They're going to, um, they, they said they're going to wait and see what the U.S. Congress does first before they ratify it. We'll see if that remains to be true. But, uh, you know, there's still some things to go through. Got to get these steel and aluminum tariffs uh, addressed because it is overhanging trade. We're talking with Tom Slate, president and CEO of the U.S. Grains Council. Now, there these meetings coming up, some talks uh, with the, the leaders of China. That always gives hope. But uh, how optimistic are you that something substantial could come out of those talks? Well, uh, let me put it this way, Mike. I, a lot of times uh, I always say, you know, it's, it's my job to plan for the worst or, or hope for the best and plan for the worst, right? Uh, this case, we're kind of uh, uh, hoping for the best and planning for the best. We're planning that things are going to start to turn in a more positive direction. You know, a lot of people are talking about that these talks coming up in Argentina with the G20 between the two presidents, President Trump and President Xi, are going to be the beginning of the beginning, you know, the beginning of the negotiation. And anything that that, that sort of uh, goes in a positive direction is going to be a positive uh, development for trade with China. So we're planning to, 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 to be, we're planning for some, some things some, to start to get positive, more positive dialogue. Uh, the people we talk to in China are, are certainly advocating for that. Yeah, there's going to be some back and forth you know, over the next couple of weeks before they, the years two meet. But, you know, again, a lot of feeling is this problem is going to escalate to a point where both countries realize, hey, we've got to get something figured out here. And we may be getting close to that point, hopefully. What are some other markets you're working in that could help uh, pick up the slack in the meantime or we're waiting to get back into China? Well, I always point to Southeast Asia, Vietnam, very, very positive for us. Uh, Middle East, Saudi Arabia, very, very positive for us. Mexico, I mean, you know, uh, just doubling down, uh, continuing to get uh, more and more work throughout Mexico. We can find demand anywhere we, we look in Mexico, uh, looking very hard there, and, and really ramping up our, our engagement in India, which is a lot more difficult. But, uh, you know, again, that's the next big market out there. 
that could really start to make a difference for uh, American farmers. And, of course, the ethanol work we've been doing in various places around the world is becoming very positive. What are the hurdles we have to overcome to get more sales to India? <laughs> well, you know, I, I always say it's the most uh, fabulous, uh, frustrating market I've ever seen in my career. Uh, yeah, you know, we have biotech hurdles there. Um, we're really focused on biofuels there. That's where we see our first opportunity for the, for the commodities I represent. We see some strong opportunity there, particularly for industrial use, ethanol, and we're trying to have that branch out into fuel use. But things like, uh, you know, biotech acceptance uh, or DDGs is uh, number one issue for us there. You know, 1A it would be biofuels. And then right after that is also biotech acceptance so we can get into the starch industry. We can just show the demonstrate, you know, we can have a system that delivers that product in a safe manner and and. Indian industries will benefit from it, you know, we can start getting some momentum there, which is what we need. Momentum in India is hard to sustain. Uh, but, you know, I think, you know, it's one of the key to everything we do is, is market presence. You have to be there. You have to be there consistently. Are they anti-biotech? I mean, are they just they don't want biotech products? Is that it? Well, yeah, yes and no. I mean, they have uh, revolutionized, uh, you know, uh, the eggplant is a, is, a, is a very commonly used food there. Uh, they have a biotech variety of that that's really helped them, uh, you know, combat some very serious diseases there. They have biotech cotton, and so they have biotech cottonseed meal uh, that goes into dairy. So there are examples of areas where biotech has been accepted, but uh, when you can talk, talk, you know, talk corn, it becomes a different uh, conversation. And again, I think that we're we're making progress, albeit slow. We just have to keep at it, and we're really focused on DDGs right now because DDGs we can make that argument that any kind of uh, biotech influence is 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 countered by the heat process making DDGs, and so we're hoping that that to be the first entree in there uh, that gets us over the hump. Well, as we often say, it takes time uh, to develop markets. Uh, you have to have a lot of patience, a lot of uh relationship building and i know that's what you do at the u.s grains council and you do it well tom thank you for uh taking time to be with us i know you're busy with the meeting thanks for your time okay mike thanks so much for having me on appreciate it take care tom slate president and ceo of the u.s grains council okay when we come back we're going to focus more on this uh lame duck session of congress and getting a farm bill done and how important that is to agriculture, what happens if they don't get it done. We'll talk about that with Paul Schlegel with the American Farm Bureau Federation. That's coming up next here on AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Your local FS is member-owned, and that means when you buy our flagship brands like FS Envision and FS High Soy, you're actually buying seed from yourself. And you wouldn't sell yourself anything but the best, would you? In field after field, FS brands are out yielding the competition. Talk to your local FS crop specialist about Envision corn or high soy soybean seed today. At harvest, you'll be glad you did. Envision and high soy are available exclusively at your local FS member company. We all want more time with our dads, brothers, partners, friends, and our sons. Time for more conversations, more catch-ups, more of what life's all about. Now is our time to make it happen. Together, we can stop men dying too young by tackling the big issues. Prostate cancer, testicular cancer, mental health, suicide. It's time to act. Sign up at Movember.com and raise funds to help change the face of men's health. Time now for a market check here on Adams on Agriculture. I'm Rusty Halverson from the American Ag Network. We've got a mix on this Wednesday for the grain and oil seed sector. In the wheat futures, winter wheat in Chicago and Kansas City, a bit defensive. Minneapolis spring wheat near unchanged. Corn futures near steady money an hour into the trading day. Soybean futures seven to eight cents lower. The nation's road crop harvest moving along last week at a slow pace. 88% of the nation's soybeans said to be in the bin. Corn said to be 84% harvested. Both those numbers just a bit behind the five-year average. On the charts, January soybeans still seeing choppy trade. The 20-day moving average continues to act as nearby support at 872 and a quarter. An hour in, we're at 886 and a quarter, up eight cents. 
Corn near unchanged, March at 377 and three quarters. Over the past month, that contract has traded in a fairly small range between major support at 372 and a quarter. That'd be the low from October 11th. We've got major resistance at 390 and a half on March corn, a high from October 15th. We're a nickel lower in Chicago wheat, December at 502 and three quarters. Kansas City, three lower. Minneapolis spring wheat, December contract, 579, trading up three quarters of a cent. Livestock at the Merck and live cattle futures were a dime to 45 cents lower. December down 45 at 114.92. Feeder cattle January down 50 at 146.47. Cash cattle saw just a smattering of sales yesterday, 112 to 114 live, not enough to set the trend for the week. Lean hog futures December up a dime, 57.42. The Dow is up 51 points. Crude oil up a dollar 55 in New York. You're listening to Adams on Agriculture, presented by the American Ag Network. I'm Rusty Halverson. Reason number 12 why you should own a Thermospas hot tub? They require no attachment to your home's plumbing. Thanks to the Thermospas unique built-in thermofiltration system that filters the water an incredible 144 times a day, you simply fill it with a garden hose and your water stays crystal clear with very little maintenance. Call to receive a free DVD and brochure and find out how you can own a Thermospas hot tub for only a few dollars a day. Right now, they're offering 0% APR financing with approved credit and a $1,000 savings coupon, including free delivery, free chemicals, and a cash discount. And with bottles starting at $4,995, there will never be a better time to own a Thermospas hot tub. So call now and ask about this limited time offer. Call Thermospas today at 800-991-5852 for your free DVD and brochure. That's 800-991-5852. Thermospas, hot tubs designed to improve your life. Call 800-991-5852 today to take advantage of 0% APR financing. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. And welcome back here at Midweek. We are keeping an eye on farm bill and trade issues and also, of course, uh, the harvest that drags on in some places. And we're going to get an update on that a little bit later on for the state of North Dakota, one of the states that uh, really has been fighting it to early snows and uh, a lot of wet weather and winter coming early for a lot of places, making it challenging to get this harvest wrapped up. And, of course, we're keeping a close watch on the the trade issues because that has uh, a lot to do with the harvest that is already done. What are we going to do with it? Where are we going to sell it? Where are we going to move it to? So all kinds of things happening here as we get closer to Thanksgiving coming up. Hard to believe Thanksgiving next week. And as we heard earlier, that will be crunch time once we get past Thanksgiving uh, to get the Farm Bill done in this lame duck session. Joining us now from the American Farm Bureau Federation is Paul Schlegel. Paul is Managing Director of Public Policy and Economics. Paul, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's good to talk to you. All right. Um, We have heard it said that history reminds us that uh, they don't often get a lot done in a lame duck session, especially big ticket items. We've got some big ticket items, including the farm bill. Um, how do they get their differences worked out in a very condensed and crowded time period? Well, I, I think that the first thing you want is, is members who are willing to engage and get you. You want people that have the will to get it done. And I, I do think in this instance, you know, Mr. Peterson. The, the ranking Democrat uh, from Minnesota has indicated that. I think Mr. Uh, Chairman Roberts on the Senate side indicated something similar in the last few days. And so as long as you have members who are engaged and focused and demonstrate a desire to get the job done, that's you're, you're more than halfway there. And I, I do think we have that. I mean, there are differences, that things that have to be worked out. That's the reality. But I, I think, you know, we're we're – we're cautiously hopeful that they can get it done. So some of the things they have to work out. Now we understand there's some things even on crop insurance that still have to be worked out. It seems like things, we know SNAP's a huge issue, but uh, some other things, whether it's conservation or now crop insurance, keep uh, kind of popping up as well. Are those deal breakers, or do you think just uh, things that kind of are going to slow it down, but should they should be able to work through? 
Well, it's a good question, and you never, you know, we obviously are not in the room with the, with the members and the staff, and so you, you have to kind of read tea leaves. I don't think, again, this is my, my best guess, I don't think they're deal breakers. The, the thing that has been, you know, the front and center through much of the process has been the SNAP and, and the work provisions there. Um, crop insurance and conservation are areas that where there have been some difference of approaches. There's also uh, related issues in the House pass bill that w didn't occur in the Senate bill that relate to fifth, uh, the pesticide statute and uh, reg reform and other things. So th there are, it's clear that there are differences, but I don't think that at the moment there's any, it d doesn't seem like we're, at the gunfight at the OK Corral, that people are just saying, no, we're not going to deal. I think that there are discussions ongoing. We're you know, keeping our fingers crossed that the members are committed and want to do it. And I think the best that we can do is to support that process, make sure it goes forward to see if we can get a bill. Because I don't think at this stage we want to leave this Congress without getting the farm bill done. Well, the fallback is an extension of the current bill, Yes. What would that mean for agriculture? I mean, is that a bad thing? I mean, uh, or is that a setback? Because the unknown, of course, is what that next bill will be that the, the new Congress would write. But what what are your thoughts on if they extend the current one? Well, yeah, and I think you, you, you underscored the important point is, you, is you, you don't know exactly Congress is going to have to get organized. You'll have new leadership in the House granted uh, Mr. Peterson. We'll, we'll chair the Ag Committee. We would expect that to take place, and he's a good friend, and he's a, has experience doing this stuff, but he's also indicated he'd like to get this done in the lame duck. And, and you also have, and I don't think you can minimize this, is right now uh, on our farms and our ranches, you know, we're, we're looking at pretty challenging times. And the, the, the trade uh, discussions that have been taking place and the difficulties we've had with China, particularly for soybeans, those have very real impacts on individuals on their operations. And so the sooner we can get Congress to lay down what the policy is going to be so that people know when they can plan, that's to everyone's uh, benefit. And so we, I don't think it helps anybody to push this thing over to the new Congress, not that there couldn't be uh, a decent bill, but I don't think you want to let things delay. You want to get it done. We're talking with Paul Schlegel with the American Farm Bureau Federation. Paul, I've said throughout this year it's been interesting. Usually in the year that a farm bill is written, especially if it's a downy ag economy, there's a lot of attention, a lot of urgency, and a lot of talk among farmers about the need to get the farm bill done. But this year has been unique. It's even with the down economy, there's been so much focus on the trade issues and so many of the other things going on with the administration, uh, some battles with EPA and things like that. It seems like the Farm Bill has, uh, throughout the year, kind of been on the back burner as far as uh, public attention as as well as uh, conversation among farmers. Do you pick detect now that we're to the end of the year and it, it's getting right down to the wire? Do you uh, feel more urgency in the ag community to get this done now? Oh yeah, I think I think there's a, a good degree of urgency among folks to to get it done, and you do have you know there's going to be a change in political leadership in the House of Representatives, and that brings uncertainty to it, and it also brings timing and policies, and so I, I do think that people know what the uh, the two goalposts are. You have the Senate bill, you have the House bill. We know the areas on which we need to work on conservation, on uh, compliance, on uh, risk insur on uh, crop insurance on SNAP. So we know what we need to get done. And so, it, as I say, it doesn't benefit anybody. In terms of, you know, you're right in one sense that maybe it hasn't got the attention over the year because we have had trade issues and other things. But I, I don't think for those of us who are close to it and focused on it, that there's been any less sense of its importance and the need to get it done. We at Farm Bureau, clearly, we've been working it like crazy, you know, to, to try to do that. So we're, again, we're going to do everything we can to assist the policymakers to get their job done. So we look at the calendar. It's a short period of time. Um, you, even if you get something hammered out in conference committee, you got to take it to the floor for votes, uh, and you never know what could happen there. I mean, it's kind of cutting it close, isn't it? <laughs> well, yeah, it is. Um, but, but, uh, I'm, 
remember what we went through with the farm bill the first time. It, you know, remember it, it, on the house side, we uh, we had a bit of a problem there because we uh, it came up short, and then we had to come back. Um, so yes, we're cutting it close, and um, but that doesn't mean we can't get it done. You know, we do have a, a December seventh date on which the budget has to be uh, reconciled and, and concluded, and so we don't have a lot of days, but there are days, and, and I do think people are trying to trying to get this done, and, and um, that's what we have to focus on. We have to look at what needs to get resolved, the compromises, the agreements that have to be struck, and try to move it through so the president can sign something. I guess we shouldn't be surprised. I mean, the track record for Congress more and more is they don't get anything done until they just absolutely have to. I mean, very few things get done early, right? Yeah, well, you know, I worked on Capitol Hill for about 20 years, and God bless them, we we have a great system of govern, government, but efficiency is probably not tops on the list of things that it, you would characterize it. So, it, yeah, you're right. You're right. That's, that, that's a factor. So we'll keep watching. Hey, I always, usually when we have you on, we're talking immigration. You got anything uh, new that, there to report for us? Well, uh, to be honest with you, I was I just got a phone call earlier this morning where somebody said they're hearing rumblings of maybe trying to get some H-2A fixes done before the end of the year. I don't know that I could be optimistic about that, but it's something, if we can get it done, there is a, there's a pending amendment on one of the appropriations bills that would open H-2A to year-round ag, which is important to dairy. If we could keep that, we're going to try. It's not going to be easy, but we're going to try. And so we have a DOL came out with a regulation last week that would make it easier for people to use H-2A in their recruitment obligations. So we'll be filing comments on that in the next couple of weeks. And so there's stuff happening. It's not the big bill, big bill that we we're hoping for, but there are other things on the way. So just one more thing on the list to get done, hopefully maybe get That's something right. done here before the end of the year. But really the Did big one can. is big one's getting the government funded, right? I'm, I'm guessing they'll, they'll come up with some way to get that done. Yeah, well, they have to. Yes, they will, and that that will be early December. I want to say it's December seventh. I believe is the date. But yeah, they will. They have to get that done. Yeah. And of course, the border wall issue will be a big part of that debate. <laughs> yes, it will. Uh, and um, you know, I, I we we at Farm Bill we have policy that speaks to the question of our border security. We don't have specific policy about a wall per se. A lot of our policy is about labor supply, but we do care about enforcing the border and making sure that the laws are enforced. So, But we won't weigh in on the wall, per se. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll continue to watch. It's going to be an interesting rest of this year to see if they can bring all this together and how much they can get done and get accomplished in this lame duck session before that new Congress takes over uh, early next year. Paul, thank you for That's the right. update, and uh, hopefully we'll have some... Uh, news to talk about here before the end of the year as far as actual votes and things getting passed but thanks for the update always good to to talk to you thanks paul paul schlegel he's managing director public policy and economics for the american farm bureau federation so congress still still has this congress has a lot to do before the end of the year and uh, farm bill being one of those big big items that we're keeping a close watch on well we have farmers that still have uh, a lot to do this year that is trying to get harvest wrapped up we know uh, states several states including you know uh, parts of missouri minnesota wisconsin north dakota among the states where they're still harvesting to get done we'll talk with the north dakota ag commissioner doug goring next and get an update on how things are going in the state of north dakota stay with us you're listening to aoa adams on agriculture guys we're ready for our four season sunroom and daddy's gonna get a rec room with refreshments oh no we'll be sleeping under the stars mom what about the one with you know the fun nice try little bro it's a gym my gym hey grandma's getting her four seasons garden room weather tight and still like being outdoors maybe a living room oh no wait a family hub yeah No matter what the budget, the season, or the climate, Four Seasons Sunrooms let you and your family enjoy the outdoors inside. Call now to hear more about these great offers from the premier manufacturer of sunrooms since 1975. More reasons for four. 
seasons now. To find out more, call toll-free 800-988-4477. That's 800-988-4477. Call 800-988-4477 today. Do you need a car? Been shopping only to be turned down because of bad credit, low credit, no credit, bankruptcy, or divorce? Guess what? Today's your lucky day because now you can buy a car, truck, or SUV, just about any vehicle. It's true. Bad credit doesn't matter. No credit doesn't matter. Bankruptcy or divorce, it just doesn't matter. As a matter of fact, your job is your ticket to your new vehicle. We're Auto Credit Express, and we've helped thousands of people just like you. Antonio H. told us, great company, got me connected, and the day I went in, I drove off in the car I wanted. 100% worth your time. Need a car? Get started now and drive off as early as today. Just go to 11ignoremyscore.com right now. That's www.11ignoremyscore.com. Auto financing the easy way. 11ignoremyscore.com. Get started today. Auto financing the easy way. powerful threat calls for a greater response when there's a battle bring strength when there's a problem seek answers when there is doubt give hope not tomorrow not in a few years but right now. Some battles must be faced together. Cancer fighters stand up to cancer every day. And you can be part of this battle too. Visit StandUpToCancer.org to learn more. Together, we can save lives. Have you written a book and want to get it published? Then call Page Publishing at 800-955-4538 immediately. That's 800-955-4538. Page Publishing is looking for authors of all types of books. And unlike most publishers, Page Publishing will take the time to review each and every book submitted to them and give you their feedback. If they like what they read, they'll get your book into bookstores and for sale online at Amazon, the Apple iTunes Store, Barnes & Noble, and other outlets. They handle everything, editing, cover design, copyright protection, printing, publicity, and distribution. So if you've written a novel, children's book, cookbook, inspirational work, poetry, or a biography and want to get it published, then you need to call Page Publishing and do it immediately. Call 800-955-4538 now for your free author submission kit. Again, for your free author submission kit, call 800-955-4538. That's 800-955-4538. Your road to fame and fortune could very well start with this simple phone call. Call Page Publishing at 800-955-4538 for your free author submission kit. Do you need a car? Been shopping only to be turned down because of bad credit, low credit, no credit, bankruptcy, or divorce? Guess what? Today's your lucky day because now you can buy a car, truck, or SUV, just about any vehicle. It's true. Bad credit doesn't matter. No credit doesn't matter. Bankruptcy or divorce, it just doesn't matter. As a matter of fact, your job is your ticket to your new vehicle. We're Auto Credit Express, and we've helped thousands of people just like you. Antonio H. told us, great company, got me connected, and the day I went in, I drove off in the car I wanted. 100% worth your time. Need a car? Get started now and drive off as early as today. Just go to 11ignoremyscore.com right now. That's www.11ignoremyscore.com. Auto financing the easy way. 11ignoremyscore.com. Get started today. Auto financing the easy way. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now back to Mike Adams. Well, most of the harvest is done, but not uh, for everyone. As we know, there are those pockets, those places where it has been a struggle, and there's still some harvesting to get done. One of those states is North Dakota. Doug Goring is North Dakota Ag Commissioner. He joins us now. Doug, thanks for being with us. Uh, it's been a struggle, hasn't it? Hey, good morning, Mike. Uh, yeah, it has. Um <laughs> 
I've heard anecdotally, although it's hard to put your num your finger on the number, but uh, we probably still have a half a million acres or more of soybeans out there. And last night I was coming back, driving across the state, and uh, as cold as it was, as miserable as it felt outside, and there's still uh, some snow in some areas, combines were rolling, the skies were lit up. So saw beans coming off. Uh, also saw a lot of corn harvest that hasn't been done yet either. And in fact, on our farm, we just finished beans and we're finally moving on to corn. So there's a lot of angst and anxiety out there. I often kid uh, my North Dakota friends that uh, winter is always right around the corner for you folks anyway. But this year, <laughs> it really seemed to come early as when it comes to harvest time. Well, in, and I'll say what really slapped us in the face hard was um, a couple things. First, we had a lot of rain just set in. I mean, we couldn't hardly buy a rain shower during the growing season, but at the uh, at the end of it, we got to uh, well, probably the third week in September, it just set in. Rain stayed cloudy. You couldn't get in the fields. You couldn't get any work done. And then on top of that, there was parts of the state that received up to 21 inches of heavy, wet snow. And that really complicated things for a lot of producers. In our area, we only had a couple, three inches. It melted within a couple days, but some places had to wait, uh, you know, several days before it all disappeared. In some cases, it actually didn't. So... That made it worse, and then uh, eventually we got some cold weather, and in fact we got some cold fronts where we dropped uh, below average, and uh, that just made things a little more difficult. Now, today we're supposed to be up to uh, the 50s, which we're going to see a lot of stuff moving, but uh, we're heading back into a cold spell again after that. How has this impacted... uh... Uh, quality of the grain and the uh, are you seeing a lot of field loss you seeing some damage out there what are you seeing when it comes to the quality of the grain not a lot and part of that's due to the fact that we're cooler so when you move further east or further south where they've been uh, hindered from from harvesting they're actually suffering some quality issues we are seeing why uh, yield loss though we're seeing pods that are uh, you know, shattering and, and beans on the ground. We're seeing in some cases some corn going down, but it can be picked back up. Probably the biggest thing you worry about from time to time that we see is maybe some really strong winds that come out of the Canadian prairies. And those 80-mile-an-hour winds will shake those plants and drop those cobs, and that's when we see even more loss on the corn. But uh, we are experiencing and hearing of more yield loss out there and we really won't know until we're, we're all said and done. And next spring when it's growing again, uh, then you'll see all the beans that you missed and mm-hmm. are going to be coming up. Really hard, really frustrating, and especially with the ag economy the way it is, then then you add this on top of it. Uh, what are you hearing from farmers as you talk with them? Well, there's, uh, you know, there's a bit of frustration about the markets in general. Um and storage issues in some places, in some cases, and then we got some propane shortages in a few places. Uh, that's more due to the fact that uh, we have a, a labor shortage or a, a driver shortage, plus the electronic logging devices are causing even a few more headaches. So that's kind of complicating issues a bit. People are having to put it in a bag <coughs> or put it on air in a bin freeze it down, and then uh, get around to drying it later. The um, The overall frustration is just getting it done. People know that if you've you got to get harvest done before the snow sets in permanently, and especially on beans. Otherwise, uh, it'll be next year before you harvest them, and then you're going to have a lot more loss out there. So harvest markets are certainly a concern. Storage is a little bit of a concern. But uh, elevators are still taking stuff in most places, so it's it's not a big deal. So I guess first things first, I mean, issues like farm bill and trade deals and things like that, while your farmers are probably keeping track of them somewhat, you have to go with the most immediate uh, issue, and that's getting the harvest done. Yeah, it, 
really is. Once you get problems, uh, for the most part, resolved on the farm itself, then you can start thinking about the bigger issues. And I think one of the things, uh, you know, looking forward is are we going to start to hammer some things out with, uh, with China and recognizing that the rest of the world has problems with China, too. I think this is our opportunity to step up and deal with the bully in the in the uh, corner there and, and see if we can have fairness and have access without all the technical trade barriers and the games that are played. And a lot of farmers actually understand that. They aren't very happy about it, but they understand that farmers and ranchers in the United States have been paying for research and development all these years while other people use it and steal it, and then on top of that, don't even offer us access to the market or play games and prevent us from having access. And I've spent far too many times visiting the Shanghai Port Authority, dealing with uh, them rejecting, denying, uh, trying to steal our products and our commodities from our North Dakota farmers. And about the time we have uh, a big, long meeting, things are resolved for about 14 or 16 months and we're back at it again and it's hurt a lot of our companies in north dakota that are shipping directly into uh, markets and ports in china for example well doug thanks for your time i wish you and farmers there in north dakota the best in getting this harvest wrapped up sounds like it's uh, it's it's not going to get any easier from the sound of your forecast maybe today's a good day <laughs> that more challenges coming so we wish you the best Thank you much, Mike. You take care and have a great day. You too. Thank you. That's Doug Goring. He's the North Dakota Ag Commissioner. You heard him say it. I mean, still quite a bit of harvesting to do there in the state of North Dakota. With that, we wrap things up. Thank you very, very much for joining us today. Thanks to all of our guests. Coming up tomorrow, more on these issues and more. And we hope you'll join us right here on AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Have a great day, everyone. When it comes to squeezing the most fuel efficiency out of every gallon of diesel fuel, there's nothing better than Diesel X Gold from FS. Modern engines are designed with more power while preventing harmful emissions. Diesel X Gold keeps them operating that way with its advanced detergent chemistry that keeps injectors operating like new and its healthy dose of cetane improver that makes sure engines start quickly and combust fuel more completely. So count on Diesel X Gold from FS. Absolutely the best fuel to power and protect diesel engines. Visit GoFurtherWithFS.com for more information. 